0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today to everyone in the United States and around the world. I'll tell you what, China. Your listening audience keeps getting larger. Thank you so much for following the show. But you know what? Even in countries where there's only one listener, like Saudi Arabia, hey, one person can make a difference. But we now have listeners in 17 different countries. So to everyone, greetings, All my best to you and keep spreading the news that people with disabilities, no matter where they are, deserve quality of life. And a special shout out to my good friend, Yoshiko Dart. How are you? And you know what? I just thought, I'm going to include those people from the State Department that have worked with me around the world, like Richard Roberts, uh, South Korea and Japan, Young Young Cho. In South Korea, Vinyamin in uh, Kazakhstan, and Cheryl Harris, who now is with the State Department but was once with Tunisia. And as I said last week to all of our friends in the Ukraine, we're behind you. I'm on the World Institute of Disability Board, and we are in support of you. And specifically, people with disabilities in that country. So just know that we are behind you. And today, I'm so excited. We have a guest right here from Pennsylvania, and we soon will be having another one involved in politics. Uh, This is a great state. This show is sponsored by Highmark, a great company in Pennsylvania, and someone that our guest knows well. And that would be State Representative Dan Miller. Welcome to the show.
2: Yes, hi, thank you, Joyce. Thank you for the invite. I I love always talking with you.
1: Well, we thank the world of you. And before we go on, I have to tell everyone, I've known him. He is so dedicated to the disability community. He'll be talking about that mental health summit But I've known him. I've been to his events. He's so passionate about people with disabilities. Why am I telling you that? Because he's running for office. And May 17th is the Pennsylvania primary. And he has my endorsement. You know why? He cares about people with disabilities. So the name is Dan Miller. Tell us all about that Mental Health Summit.
2: Yeah, and, and thank you, thank you, Joyce, and uh, we always love uh, working with you, talking with you, and your leadership in the disability and mental health arena as well. Uh, we are always excited every year to host our Disability and Mental Health Summit. Uh, it has grown tremendously. This is actually the ninth year of its existence it is in western Pennsylvania it is clearly the largest collection of disability and mental health resources Um, and we have a fantastic collection of always these great information sessions that are there. And then always, what is the the biggest the massive resource fair, uh, which uh, brings everything sort of under one roof for people? It's been a little bit uh, difficult, of course, as many um, events and uh, things sort of going through the pandemic. But we are more and more getting more, uh, getting kind of back to our typical formatting. Um, and unfortunately, the need in these arenas are just so so big and so important uh, that that we have to get back uh, because we still are not where we. We need to be for disability and mental health uh, supports and opportunities here in Pennsylvania and, and probably almost in every state.
1: So, Dan, why? Why are you so passionate about
2: this? Well, you know, it's. Um, I, I, I knew that this would be a big issue when I got elected uh, in 2013. Um, I, I come from a teaching background, uh, and so special education was something I kind of focused a bit on. And then in my advocacy uh, work as a public defender, um, we bumped into so much. Uh, unaddressed mental health and, and things that were being, um, sort of shoved into a criminal justice paradigm when it should have been somewhere else. Uh, we also, of course, have family connections to, um, to disability as well. And, um, and so all that kind of came together to, uh, recognize that this was a sort of an, an, an issue and, and an area that was not being addressed well um, in uh, the state house here in Pennsylvania uh, and in Harrisburg as a whole. And um, so we were like, you know, let's take this issue and let's champion it. But again, we knew it would be big, but Joyce, we had no idea how big the challenges were statewide when it came to opportunities uh, for people with disabilities.
1: Yes, it is, you know, something across... America that is such an issue. Um, As I mentioned to you, uh, I lost someone very close to me that I think Mm -hmm. most people, if they know me, they knew Mary Brocker, who Mm -hmm. I lost in August in a freak hiking accident. The worst thing that's ever happened to me. But Mary lived with clinical depression. Uh, For 40 years, if you knew her, you wouldn't know this, uh, as you don't with a lot of people. Uh, But Mary was all about helping young people with disabilities, specifically mental health. So we have started the Mary Brocker Mental Health Initiative at BenderLeadership.org. That's Mm BenderLeadership.org. And it's people like you, Dan, that are really just raising your hand saying, hey, we're all important, and that includes people with mental health disabilities. So before you go, two things. Number one, how can people register for this event?
2: Well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, so our programming is at disabilitysummit.com. Okay, so you'll see it there for our April 28th event that's coming up. And then you'll soon see more information coming on our second part, which will be on May 26th of this spring. So all the information is there. Um, and, again, it's a little different format than typical years, but we will be growing back hopefully uh, in, in 2023 with even a larger footprint and a larger amount of uh, um, resources for people. But we are excited for this year, and we're so glad to offer it. So, again, com is where somebody can go for everything they need to know about our upcoming um, summit.
1: And I will be so excited to participate and speak at that event. And you know what I was just thinking, Dan? You were saying how big it will be next year. That will be the 10th anniversary.
2: uh, Yes, (laughs) that's very true. You know, for a moment I was thinking, well, we just did the 30th with the ADA. Uh, But, yes, it will be the 10th. And, you know, you mentioned Mary, though, too. And I I just have to say how fantastic she was to work with. Um, And I know often uh, when you couldn't make every meeting we do, Mary uh, was, was at, I think, every other one. And she was just tremendous. Uh, a fantastic, fantastically gifted person uh, who was always saying yes to every idea we came up with about how to find new opportunities and, ex- and expand programming possibilities. Um, she was just g- great, and I can't tell you how much all of us uh, miss working with her now. And uh, we do hope, obviously, to take her passion and to use it as a bit of fuel to keep going.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that's her. That is the energy yeah. of Mary Brocker. And tomorrow night, uh, she is being recognized and honored at the Susan Daniel Hall of Fame event virtually that I uh, was on the first year and her the second year. So my point is she is being remembered by everyone. She touched so many people. And before I go, Dan, one last thing. Uh, your website mm-hmm. is?
2: So my, my state website is RepDanMiller.com, and you'll see a bunch of information beyond just the Disability and Mental Health. But the Disability and Mental Health Summit is DisabilitySummit.com. So we have two okay. ways for people to stay in touch and see what we're working on.
1: Okay. Don't forget... May 17th Dan Miller. Thank you Dan. <laughs> Thank you Dan for Thank being you, with us today. All right, Thank have you. a great day. You So here here we go from one great leader to the next. And isn't it interesting how it's uh like it seems like it's public day, you know, for people that want to make a difference and serve people in our community. Uh and I was so excited to have the current Democratic candidate for US Congress for the state of Pennsylvania with us on the show today and that is Steve Irwin who I have been a friend with for a very long time Steve welcome to the show
0: Oh thank you Joyce it's great to be on with you it's really great to follow Dan Miller yeah, Hard act well, to follow. <laughs>
1: yes. So, Steve, before we talk about your, your, uh, well, before we talk about how you got into so much, let's talk about you. Just let everyone around the world hear your story. So, uh, where did you grow up? What made you pursue a law degree? And where are you uh, right now? Why are you running for U.S. Congress.
0: Yeah, um, thanks, Joyce. This is uh, this is really fun. I so I I'm not from Pittsburgh, although I've lived in Pittsburgh longer than anywhere else in my life. I've raised my three kids in Pittsburgh, uh, and uh, I was born in in New York. I was born in Brooklyn and lived there till I was ten. To a you know working class family that uh, my dad was a butcher and my mom was uh, the assistant to the rabbi. And uh, when I was ten, my my uh, family moved to Florida, to St. Pete, Florida, uh, and um, <clears throat> which was a very, very different world um, for me. Uh, but uh, through uh, through you know hard work and oppor- opportunities that were presented to me, me I was able to uh, get uh, a scholarship to go to Harvard College, and from Harvard, I went to Washington, D.C., where I worked in the United States Senate for uh, a Pennsylvania senator for five years and uh, during that time uh, the senator saw that uh, and I was the first to graduate from from college in my in my family and he saw a real uh, potential and encouraged me to go to law school and said I could continue to work in the Senate while I was going to law school so I applied to Georgetown law school and which is around the corner from the Senate and I shuttled back and forth from uh, Georgetown law and uh, in the Senate, uh, and uh, it was, it was a, great, a great thing, and it brought me to Pittsburgh, because uh, I came here after uh, law school to clerk for a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit, Judge Wise, for whom our uh, courthouse is named, and, uh, and fell in love with Pittsburgh, and I've been here ever since.
1: And we're lucky to have you. So Thank when you. you do run for office and you're elected, what would be your precinct?
0: Uh, well, so the district, I'm in the 12th Congressional District, which is Mike Doyle's seat. It used to be the 18th. It's now the 12th. Uh, it is all of the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, it's portions of the South Hills like Bethel and uh, South Park, uh, Bridgeville. Uh, there's, uh, now it has, all, it has all of the Mon Valley, a good portion of the Mon Valley, and, uh, and then now a third of Westmoreland County. Uh, not all the way to Greensburg, but Irwin and Export, uh, part of Hempfield, uh, up up that way. So it's about 750,000 people. Uh, and we have 17 congresspeople in Pennsylvania now. We lost a Congress congressman. Um, but Mike Doyle is retiring, and that's why uh, I got in the race.
1: Yes, and he is uh, really, you know, I'm a friend of his and... Uh, I'm really glad you're running for that office, Steve. What happened, actually, uh, why Dan Miller jumped on this call today is to advertise the mental health summit that I'm speaking at. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it was so big two years ago, you know, before we went virtual, uh, but mm-hmm. he is just, for personal reasons, passionate about this, and so do you have... Personal reasons, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, but what made you decide I'm going to run for office? I mean, that's a big job. That's that is a very big job. So, why? Why did you decide to do this?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I've I've been blessed. I've I've, uh, I've been appointed to uh, a number of positions in government over the years. I'm currently the chair of the U.S. Civil Rights Commission for Pennsylvania. Uh, I was uh, the Banking and Securities Commissioner under Governor Rendell for eight years, and served in Mayor Murphy's administration, heading up the uh, the Parking Authority, and then I was our representative to the Southwestern Pennsylvania Commission. But I really, over the years, realized that uh, the power of elective office is is really is great, and that uh, really your ability to get things done uh, is 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 unparalleled and the opportunity to be a real leader in, in the community. And and if you have a vision for the future, you have the means to accomplish those objectives. And so, uh, right now we're facing, we're really in an inflection point in the history of our country. Uh, our democracy is threatened. Our region has to figure out who we are and how we're going to solve some of the greatest problems that, that, uh, we've known from, uh, inequities in health care to, um, addressing the, uh, carbon problem in our atmosphere, in the air that we breathe, and trying to make sure that people are able to have jobs and provide for themselves and their families. And, and now we even have geopolitical problems beyond that, as we know, in Ukraine and in and, and, uh, the East and China, et cetera. So all my life, I've been working in these areas, in nonprofits and, and in my, my career as a lawyer and, uh, and in my public service positions. And I really believe that it's time for me to put those to use for the greater community.
1: Well, that is wonderful, and I'm so glad that you are doing that uh, because I'm going to tell everyone, I'm not going to even wait to the end to tell everyone this, uh, what I said about Dan, I feel very strongly in support of Steve Irwin, very strongly, and I, I endorse him on anyone listening you know, to our show today uh, in western Pennsylvania, specifically uh, in the area replacing Mike Doyle. You're going to hear in a little bit why. But since I've known him, he has been a big supporter of the disability community and someone who was very close to me that we'll talk about in a little bit. But he is the real deal. Now, listen, we need help, people with disabilities. We have the highest unemployment. We have still 70% of people not counted in the workforce I mean, this is, this year, the 32nd anniversary of the signing of the ADA, and how can that be possible? So, we need someone that would really, you know, lead the charge and fight the fight for us, and I believe that is Steve Irwin, May 17th. So, Steve I want to talk about your platform so our listeners can hear about that. What are some of the main issues of your campaign?
0: Well, Joyce, um, first of all, thanks for your endorsement. That means so much to me. You have no idea. But there, there are so many issues. And when you're a congressperson, you have to be a jack of all trades. And so because I've been the chair, co-chair of the Pittsburgh Regional Health Initiative, uh, I, I really and Council to the Healthcare Council of Western Pennsylvania for many years, I really understand healthcare and our healthcare system is broken on so many levels we 've made great progress, but we still have so many people who are not covered not covered sufficiently have challenges paying for their pharmaceuticals and uh, and not only that, there are so many things that are not paid for uh, and so I, I think uh, health care medical error ending medical error is a big part of what I'm going to do, I'm going to champion the creation of a national patient provider safety board, uh, kind of like the NTSB, which is for transportation, but for health care so we can end uh, avoidable medical error, the third largest cause of death in this country. Uh, And some of that happens because we have people who are disabled in one way or another and unable to maybe communicate as well what their needs are when they're in the hospital, and so they are not given the kind of care that they deserve and need. Uh, we can prevent those things from happening. Also, access. Access is huge. It's such a big problem. The infrastructure problems we know in this region, because our region was built 120 years ago, are legend. Um, certainly, the the Fern Hollow Bridge, which uh, my bus that I take to downtown to my law office uh, every day goes over that bridge. And um, we have 150 other bridges just like that. And when I was in Washington, I did transportation for Senator Spector, and I I help build the get all the money to build the light rail transit system to the South Hills. I know how to get those things authorized. I know how to get them uh, appropriated, and I know how to make sure that the work's done on time uh, and on budget. And so, I think infrastructure and access. And you know, if we have time, we can talk about it. But I have some special insight into the importance of, it, of access and the need for access. You can't expect people who uh, may be in a wheelchair to be able to. Necessarily get to a job um, by sitting and waiting for access to pick them up for two hours and take them home at the end of the day for two hours. That, they might as well be working in Harrisburg. So uh, that has to end, and we have to make sure that Pittsburgh gets its fair share of uh, of that uh, of those dollars. And the last thing I, I would say uh, is that obviously the economy is a great challenge to us. Inflation is really out of control, um, and we've got to make sure. That we improve our supply chain, we start making things in this country. We make sure that the Mon Valley and Pittsburgh, which has great workers with great work ethic and expertise, is a big part of that transition of our energy away from coal and and toward renewables and other uh, and hydrogen and other uh, technologies that are going to enable us and sustain us. Um, so those are those are just some of the things that I'm that I'm focused on.
1: Uh, can we go back for one minute to access? Uh, sure. You know, I want to just mention something, and then I'd like to hear more about that. Uh, we are, we, you know, we had to downsize. We had a large office. Why? Because my employees work from home in my corporate office, all of them. And we had such a great year. I told them, you know, we're staying that way. You, know, you can work from home. So um, that, and then I have a lot of, consultants out in the field working for highmark or h&pnc or you know whomever it is and they already are working from home a great majority mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i said you know what we're going to have to downsize the office so we start on this hunt for smaller smaller space but still uh, a nice space you know for us and no matter where i'm going i can i can't believe it No power assisted door. No matter where I went, no power assisted door. And the only way I'm going to be able to get in is if I rent like thousands of square feet, uh, like four times the size or five that I'm in right now. And and I would say, you got to be kidding. Like if I have Senator Tammy Duckworth come to visit me, she can't get in. Right. Then I go inside, the restrooms aren't accessible. No power mm-hmm. assisted door. Then yeah. I, you know, then I the elevators. Uh, do you not have Braille, or they're so s- skinny thin, you could never yeah. get a power wheelchair in there. And uh, you know what people mm-hmm. would say to me at almost every building. And by the way, these are well known corporations uh, out in the Robinson Township area. They would say, mm-hmm. "Well, let's go to the back and see if there's an entrance there that's power
0: <laughs> assisted." Yeah, Linda. Dinger I mean, I can't can really, tell you how really many of them said that. To that. Me.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I wish, Steve, when you get elected, I wish somehow you could have an impact on that. Uh, yeah. We did find space in Moon Township, and these people are so awesome because it's new building and they're renovating it. That yes, they're putting in power assisted doors everywhere, including at the. Uh, uh, restrooms so what do you think uh, about that
0: well i i think that uh i'll be completely honest with you and transparent joan joyce because uh you know i said joan because i'm thinking joan stein when you start talking about those things I she's the first person that comes why. to my mind yeah joyce. yeah
1: yeah i <laughs> too, uh, all but, the
0: time but uh i think uh people need to be educated until i uh frankly uh had a certain condition an onset of a certain condition 10 years ago where i uh largely became uh, uh you know was had impediments in getting around because of a very serious chronic bladder inf- inflammation that that i'll have the rest of my life uh, and a pelvic floor uh, muscle spasm which prevented me from walking and and uh, had a no- number of other consequences I thought I was probably one of the most empathetic people for for um, for people who had those kinds of challenges. And um, and as you know, our mutual friend Linda Dickerson and I, um, you know, spent so much time together. And and I never thought of her as ever being in a wheelchair or having any any disability. We just dealt with each other, you know, mano a mano. It was just the way it was. And I thought I was empathetic and understood. And we got around. But when I when I finally had my own challenges, I realized how many things people took for granted and when people are healthy and they're young or they're they don't have any kind of uh, physical or or mental challenges, they just can't really get their heads around them and they don't understand and and so we have to educate we have to have people in the workplaces who are responsible to make sure that things that they think work don't work and fix them uh these are uh These are real issues and uh So, you know, I I just know from my – we need those people who really, truly understand to call it out, and I promise to continue to call it out when those things happen, even if it's just as a leader in the community. That's one of the responsibilities for a congressperson, and uh, hopefully I can show them the way.
1: Well, uh, and once again, to all of my listeners, what better to have a person with a disability fighting the fight for us because he gets it. So once again, and I'm going to ask right now, Steve, how does someone uh, get involved in your campaign?
0: Sure. Uh, no matter where you are, if you're able to use a use a, a phone, you can help us make phone calls. Um, if you want to knock on doors, you can. You can even contribute. Go to steveforpa.com. You'll see some pictures of me. Um, the ones of me rowing were before... <laughs> Uh, the before pictures, um, but uh, go take take a look. Um, you know, even with with respect to uh, rowing. You know, I was the president of uh, Three Rivers Rowing here in Pittsburgh, and and uh, you know we were became the during my presidency and leadership of that organization. We became the U.S. Rowing's Club of the Year, not because of the races we won, that we made the boats go the fastest, but because we made it so everybody could get in a boat, um, and uh, including. Uh, people who might not otherwise have access to the rivers, people in the, in the, in the inner city uh, who don't have transportation, people who um, even are in wheelchairs and, and unable to. We were able to get folks in boats with and uh, assisting them. We had a great program. Uh, the Bayana Nurses Regatta spoke to that kind of uh, uh, assisted rowing uh, and, and, uh, and other marginalized piece, folks in society. So go to Steve for PA. Follow me on social media at Steve Irwin PA. Um, and uh, please follow and like and do all those kinds of things and we'd love to have your help. I will be a champion for the disabled and, and the mentally and physically challenged um, it, uh, and, and everybody. I mean, that's, it's, uh, there's so many issues and challenges that we all have and some that are particular to different segments of our society. All I can say is that I see you, I hear you, and I'm going to represent you zealously in Washington. Oh,
1: and that's what we need. Uh, That's why I'm going to ask Steve to call in again on another show. Uh, Why? Because this is very important to me, to have someone I know and that I trust and that I believe in representing us. One more time, website?
0: Steveforpa.com.
1: Steveforpa.com. I want to just say something about this.
0: One word, Steve,
1: Okay, Steve, f o r, a, dot com. Is that what you said?
0: F o r p a p a, like Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Steve, Well, uh, Steve can't
1: a. can't spell today. We better make sure that we have you talking. <laughs> um, I want to say something else about this. When you're making a donation, remember, even if it's twenty six dollars, twenty five dollars, anything, everything counts. Just remember. Uh, Bernie Sanders and you will remember what I mean when I say that. Uh, So again, I encourage you uh, I really encourage you. You can see I feel strongly about Steve. So Steve, something I do want to talk about is our mutual friend another person I lost and that's why at the Bender Leadership Academy we have every year We're giving out $1,000 scholarships to high school students with disabilities. Of course, they have to write an essay, and it's about the impact of Linda Dickerson on their life, and it's always so exciting to call a high school student and say, you are a recipient uh, of the Linda Dickerson scholarship, and this year we're going to be giving out 15 so if you all want to know more about that BenderLeadership.org but I know you know Steve why I feel like this but you knew her longer and you were so close uh, to Linda so what let's talk about Linda what impact Mm -hmm. did Linda have on your life
0: Oh, my gosh. Where do I begin? Um, you know, Linda Dickerson, I knew about her before we became friends, but we sat next to each other at a dinner of the Anti-Defamation League, which I'm very involved in. Uh, and the Anti-Defamation League, you know, fights hate and bigotry in all forms against the Jewish people and all people. And uh, and Linda and I started talking, and uh, we <laughs> I ended up becoming her escort to pretty much everything, and uh, which is fun because Linda was the, uh, head of the zoo and the aviary and the ballet and, and, uh, she never would, would stand for going in the back door. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, Linda was just such a great friend. I met such wonderful people through Linda, including you, Joyce and, Mm -hmm. uh, and Mary, of course. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, she, we became confidants. We, uh, I got to know her intimately through, uh, through her, her health challenges, and, and became her lawyer. We fought all sorts of battles together. Um, she knew that I was running for Congress, and she would have chaired the campaign. Um, so it's uh, uh, I wish I had her here, because there's very few people who could write or think as well as Linda uh, Dickerson.
1: She, Linda was the great communicator. Uh, you know... It, just, and she was on the board of CMU, not just graduating from CMU, but That's on right. the board of CMU. And Linda, Linda was brilliant. That's all I can say. And so, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know, Linda used a wheelchair and she had a significant disability. And you would not know because she was a powerhouse. And no one, nothing. I don't think I knew of anyone when I met her. I don't think I knew anyone that knew so many CEOs, as Linda Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Recently, yep. he passed away. But uh, how I got to be friends with Vin Sarney, the mm. at one time CEO of PPG, was Linda, uh, and you know, and uh, uh, Danforth. I mean, she knew everyone. I, I mean, mm-hmm. she did. She was a powerhouse and a supporter of mine from the beginning. Uh, it was just. Let's put it like this. The day I found out that Linda had passed away was the day I was doing filming for the Bender Leadership Academy. And right then, right there that day, I said, we're going to have a Linda Dickerson scholarship fund. I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to forget who she was and the impact that she had. Uh, I mean, she, she was unbelievable, that's for sure. And, she, yeah, she would have been your campaign manager. She oh, would yeah.
0: have been all she uh, this. She, uh, you know, she, and Linda was the first student to graduate from Carnegie Mellon uh, who attended in a wheelchair. They're going to be naming a big portion of their new health uh, and wellness facility, uh, the new building they're building at Carnegie Mellon uh, in her honor. So I'm looking forward to that. And there's a scholarship there at CMU, too, also for a student each year. So uh, Linda's impact will reverberate long after we're all gone and, uh, you know, I know we think of her every day.
1: That's right. We do. So, um, Steve. Yeah. Do you believe that we're going to be able to work together in this state and in Pittsburgh to see an increase in employment opportunities for people with disabilities with this bipartisan, uh, partisan, I'm sure, sorry, world that we live in today? Like Tony yeah. Coelho, the author of the ADA, has told mm-hmm. me, he does not believe he could have got the ADA signed right now in this world we're living in. Um, what do you think?
0: I think that the world is ripe for more opportunities with people with disabilities because so much can be done, so much can be done remotely, that uh, that and and can be done flexibly. Right, um, and I one what we're going to have to do is step up enforcement of our of our civil rights act laws. Which I'm actually I'm a I'm a when I'm not running for Congress I'm a, an employment lawyer in the civil rights field and I've done a lot of work in the uh, ADA and ADA and Title VII et cetera and discrimination in employment and a lot of and discrimination in employment and in housing often happens when people. You can see it because people are accepted to a job or accepted to uh, accepted into a, a home or a rental or whatever it is, and then after they show up, suddenly the the uh, opportunity disappears or someone else is selected. And that's because of people's obviously people's biases very often. so I think we've got to do more monitoring and make sure those things those things don't happen uh, you know i I do think that dis disabilities do not know race, they don't know age, they don't know party, political party, and so it cuts across all people. So my job in Congress is going to be to look out for those people who have friends and loved ones and family that are experiencing these challenges and, and build a caucus of folks who are going to um, you know, see to it that we can get things done. The work that's being done at Carnegie Mellon right now in assisting people, not building robots to replace people, but to augment their, capab- their abilities. Uh, is really going to be dramatic and giving more opportunities for folks. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be a matter of, of making sure that our civil rights agencies are adequately funded. I don't think the EEOC is adequately funded and, and training people and uh, – uh, and putting together coalitions in Washington of people who want to expand opportunities. And because we have, you know, we do have sort of a workforce shortage to a certain degree right now, uh, or at least a shortage of people who want to go to work. um, I think that uh, with, with that need and the need for, for people who can do, do these jobs, perform these essential functions of these jobs. um, I think we're going to have more opportunity and, uh, and the other key, piece of this, as we discussed earlier, is access and making sure that our transportation systems, as they evolve, uh, are flexible and speak to the needs of all different kinds of people so they can get to job training, so they can get to work, uh, so they can get to the doctors, so they can get to school. And uh, I'm going to make sure that I get behind those new modes of transit and and, uh, and to make sure that everyone has access to that opportunity.
1: Yeah, I... I have to mention something, and that is I am a big civil rights supporter uh, and across all boards, but I'm talking for a moment about disability. I don't know if you saw on the news what happened at the McGuire Home uh, and how pe- that this is people at the McGuire Home are people with extremely significant disabilities. Uh, on a developmental level or uh, with intellectual disabilities or they are, you know, unable to speak, etc. Well, hmm. what happens? They find out that they were being abused ongoing. Now, I'm meaning horrific, okay? I'm meaning okay. putting, uh, like, Clorox or something in their eyes, hitting them, jumping mm-hmm. on them. I, I mean... Just imagine, horrific. Well, not only are they going to prison, they're pretty sure going to be charged with a hate crime. Mm -hmm. And I was going to tell Senator Casey, you know, in the state of Ohio, they just got passed. Every nursing home is going to have a camera. Wow, would I like to see that in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. My dad is in assisted living. He is not. He's 97. He is not in uh, skilled nursing because uh, we want him to have his own room, although they have uh, access to skilled nursing. Uh, Mm -hmm. For our fear of what happens uh, to people, people with disabilities, you know, I have a friend, a disability rights leader, the head of the World Institute on Disability that I talked about earlier, and she said, one day to me on the air. She said this on the air. She's been in the New York Times, different things. She said, you know, they slaughtered us. They slaughtered yeah. people with disabilities because everyone seems yeah. to forget that those are people with disabilities, people that are marginalized, possibly more vulnerable because of the situation they're in. But I am proud that you are in civil rights because I know you will include us in civil rights. So, Steve, if you were talking to people listening to the show right now that are in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, and able to vote for you, and they said to you, Steve, why should I vote for you? What would you say?
0: So, I guess I'd say two things. It's pretty simple. Um, First of all, uh, I know how to get things done in Washington, D.C. I've worked there for five years. i I did the Appropriations Committee. I did the floor of the Senate. I was responsible for important issues for the senator, from education to, to uh, labor to uh, infrastructure and the environment, things that really matter in people's lives. And I, I just know how to get it done. Even after I left, I've done extensive lobbying and, and, uh, and other things for a number of different organizations uh, uh, in Washington. So I know how to get things done in D.C., and I know Pittsburgh. Uh, you know i'm the longest uh, serving board member of big brothers big sisters my little is 50 years old uh i've chaired sustainable pittsburgh three Rivers rowing i've worked on food insecurity issues uh through with the food bank and uh, i could go rainbow kitchen i could go on and on and on i'm i'm a neighborhood guy i'm going to be our neighborhood congressperson and uh and i'll be able to listen i'm going to do these backyard uh, backyard, uh, you know, listening tours, so I can find out what people's issues are, and I'll translate them into legislation in Washington, and and work hard to get it passed. And if uh, you don't believe me, um, believe Mike Doyle, our incumbent. He's talked to everybody who's in this race, and uh, he's decided that uh, he's go- he's endorsing me to to uh, to be the next Congressperson for this congressional district. So I'm so honored to have Mike Doyle. No one knows better than Mike Doyle, who should be our congressperson, and he's endorsed me. Also, the, uh, wow. I'm running for... Isn't that great news?
1: That is. Yeah, that is really great. That is wonderful. Um, so, Steve, where do people listening to the show, where are the voting polls? Where do they go?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, you can vote by mail um, if you're unable to make it to the polls on May 17th. So make sure you order your your uh, your ballot. Um, don't be don't hesitate to to call my campaign headquarters, which is in Highland Park, and you can go to that website and just uh, send a note. And if you have any trouble, we'll make sure you can get registered, make sure that you can uh, uh, get a mail-in ballot and, and uh, mail in advance. So don't don't not vote. If there's anything you should come away from today, whether you vote for me or or uh, Mickey Mouse, please register to vote. It's really important. It's what separates us from a number of countries in this world, the fact that we have a democracy here and we have to stand up for it.
1: Yeah, and if you can't see that in the news right now, you never will. How terrible is it to be in a dictatorship where you don't have a right to speak up? So I'm with Steve. Make sure that you get out there and you vote. So, Steve, obviously you have been impacted by people that have given you this passion you have, Uh, for civil rights and, you know, just for leading the charge and caring about other people. So I have to ask you, who is your role model?
0: (laughs) You know, I thought you might ask me this question, Joyce, and I've thought about this again and again, and I'm going to give you two answers. Um, You know, I have been very fortunate because I've had many role models, and what I've done is I don't try to be anything like, one person, all all in on one person, because no one's perfect. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton was one of my most favorite people in the world, and he was definitely imperfect, and uh, everyone's got their, their thing. So in Big Brothers, Big Sisters, I what I encourage folks is don't make people larger than life. Um, what you need to do is pick out the qualities that you love in different people and make it your own, because we're all unique, and you've got to find what it is in, in yourself that makes you that special spark that makes you different from everyone else so you can pursue your passion because if you're doing that, you're going to do that best. But, you know, having having said that, I, and and I have many role models, you're one of them for me, the way you've been able to, you recognize how important government is, how it can be a catalyst for positive change, uh, and you've run a business successfully, um, and you have your own, uh, you know, disability challenges and now you know that I've joined that
1: epilepsy epilepsy
0: right you have Mm -hmm. epilepsy so you know for me the positivity that you and Linda and others who I know who just every day and even Mary I mean I never you know she was so positive that positivity that you bring and that just never complaining that work ethic um that, that that's those are the qualities that I aspire to be so I would never complain just keep on moving forward and push forward and do the best that we can for me I running for office for me when I first got sick for the next 4 years was something that was never going to happen and when I got to the point where I learned finally after a lot of work after 5 years to manage my my disability and I realized that I could do it and the need was there it was time to put up or shut up so I'm putting up I can do it uh and uh you know, it would be easy for me to say FDR. I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't have that, those kinds of challenges. But, uh, but I can tell you that uh, everybody has things they've got to get over, and I'm prepared to overcome mine. I hope it inspires others. And uh, most of all, I'm doing it for the right reasons. I want to be our congressperson. I'm not doing this to run for anything else. This is how I want to spend the next 10 to 15 years, and being a champion for Pittsburgh, a place I truly love.
1: Yeah, you know what I want to say? Congressman Irwin. That's what I want to say. That's what I want to say. Um, So listen, uh, Steve, I didn't get to ask you this question, but over the years you've done so much now. In your opinion, would you say that was your greatest accomplishment, you know, dealing with that disability, or what would you
0: say? That's a really great question. You know, I think my greatest accomplishment is it's probably, uh, my children. (laughs) Um, uh, but they're, they're, they're incredibly wonderful and, um, very, uh, very much the same, very much different, but that's the hardest thing. Being a dad is, is the hardest thing because when your kid gets sick, you get sick. And my, my kids have all had challenges and they're all, they're all, I just tell them every day, it's going to get better. Just, it, it does get better. So just hang in there. And, uh, but I can tell you that, yeah, probably you're right. I mean, I, in 2012, when I got sick, I was at the top of my game, Joyce. I was, I was the president-elect of the North American Securities Administrators, okay. testifying before Congress. I was, I was a world-class rower, uh, maybe not world-class, I was nationally, I had won uh, gold, and and two silvers and and, uh, in rowing I had a law firm that I built from 10 to 100 lawyers around the country Um, my family was well I was really on top of the world Um, and uh, and suddenly the next day I suddenly fell off the face of the earth and and uh, next thing you know I'm at the Cleveland Clinic every week and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I lost a ton of weight and I'm never sleeping and I'm in pain all the time and on opioids and you name it. And it's really was incredible. I never thought I'd get through that, but I persevered and I worked hard and through traditional and non-traditional forms of, of help and some things that not everyone is able to to do. I, I changed my life and, and uh, got lucky and got to the point where I can, I can do, do these things. And so, uh, you know that resilience, overcoming those mental challenges that came along with that, as well as physical challenges, has given me the uh, inspiration to know that running for Congress is certainly icing on the cake and something I can do. Um, so that's—I don't know if that answers your question, but it's—it's it's, it's the truth.
1: Oh yes, uh, it does. And you know what? I want to go back to something you said earlier because a listener just reminded me of this when you were saying. If you uh, can't find an accessible poll to get in touch with you, I want to add to that, that if you know right now, oh my goodness, this poll is not accessible, you can also reach out to uh, Disability Rights of Pennsylvania.org. That's pennsylvaniarightsdisability.org And uh, Perry Jude Radicek, who is normally on every show. She couldn't be this week, you know, for our news break, is the executive director. Make sure you get in touch with them way ahead of time, in addition to Steve, to let them know. Make sure you do that.
0: Absolutely. Please, please call. Even if, yeah, anytime. We're here to help. Voting is so important.
1: Yes. Oh, it is. It is so important. So, Steve, uh, what message do you have for our listeners today?
0: I think uh, the message is dignity, humanity, and leadership. I think uh, people, we need to ask the people who are public servants to make sure that what they're doing has an impact. On their everyday lives that they're doing things that matter they're doing things that give people dignity and to give them the opportunity to have a job if they can do it and provide for themselves and their families so they can lead rewarding and satisfying lives everybody's got that spark they have something special and our job is to find that in everybody around us and allow each person to pursue that and give them you know, the tools and, and the support uh, to be able to do it. So I'm not doing this on my own. My running for Congress is not about me. I've already got, you know, so many volunteers that are helping, and I need more, but we have literally hundreds of people are working on this, this congressional race. And, uh, and when, I, when I get to Washington, I'm going to, when I'm trying to figure out what are the things I need to address, I'm, not, I'm going to look all the way around. And uh, when I'm looking to find the solutions to, to those problems, I'm going to look at all the way around and make sure that I have people who are in this community. They are at the table helping me to figure out the answers. So please finally don't sit on the sideline in this, in my campaign, in any campaign, it's not what you can't do. It's what you can do. And you certainly can register to vote and you can vote for Steve. So thanks very much for this chance to, to share that with you and, and uh, tell you a little bit about me that you might not have known and to spend this hour with you, Joyce, what a treat.
1: Well, it's been a treat for me. Again, I endorse Steve Irwin. Vote for him. You know how he's talking about, and I have a disability, he, he, Steve? You remember our biggest mantra in the disability rights community because disability rights are civil rights? It mm-hmm. was, and still is today, nothing about us without us. And that's mm-hmm. what you made me think of, Steve, when you said about making sure you have the right people represented around the table. Nothing about us without us. So uh, that, that is so important to all of us. But, you know, Steve, thank you for being with us today. Your website, one more
0: time. steve for pacom steve
1: for pacom Make sure you go there and go to that don- Donate button. And with that... You know, we end every show with a quote, and today it is, There are risk and costs to action, but they are far less than the long-range risk of comfortable inaction, said President John F. Kennedy. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week with national leader, Andy Imperado. and remember, in Mary's words, when you leave today, choose joy.
0: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.